Hello to all my free runners and trickers. It's beautiful, anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. Chris Gethard here. Welcome to Beautiful Anonymous. So happy to talk to you again, and. I tell you, I've seen feedback lately that people are saying the show is really striking a chord because they feel like they get to just hear a human conversation outside their house. That means the world. really means the world. A couple things to say. Uh, One, this is not something they even asked me about. I just saw that they were plugging it. Shell Shag does all the music for the show, and they've done it for years. And I think the, the theme song to this show really fits, and I think the fans have always really enjoyed it. Shellshag's doing a thing right now where they're selling their entire back catalog for 30 bucks, 300 songs. You get 300 songs. So if you appreciate what they've done for our show and you enjoy their music and you think you might enjoy more, you can get everything they have ever done. Go to their band camp, Shellshag. Great people. Listen, this call, you're going to dig it. Last week was all coronavirus. We talked to an EMT. And I was I was happy to see that a lot of people um, felt like it was good to hear her in her own words. Also, a lot of people have been to the Satan House in Long Island. That was nice to see. Someone in the Facebook group actually posted a picture of the Satan House. If you want to go check out the uh, thread revolving around that episode, also uh, people telling me that uh, my my opinions on Hispanic grandmas correct. They are loving and they love babies. And someone pointed out that. There is a name for them. I was scared to mispronounce it. Abuelitas. So to all the abuelitas of Jackson Heights, thank you for helping me feel like my son was loved and safe. This call couldn't be less about coronavirus, everybody. I don't know if we even mention it once, maybe just in passing. Here's what this call's about. Parkour. You know those videos we see on Facebook and YouTube where it's parkour, where it's people jumping around? It's all about parkour. This is a simple call. Person really digs parkour. End of story. It's enlightening. Tell you what, there's a lot more drama in the parkour world than you and I know. If you're like me, parkour might not even be what you think it is. There's like other things that are encroaching on parkour and it kind of there's drama there in the parkour world there's a whole world of parkour we're gonna hear about it thanks for listening this one's covid free so if you're looking for some escapism an audio description of a very physical activity for an hour enjoy it thank you for calling beautiful anonymous a beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hi. Oh my gosh. Hello. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? Let's see. I had a good day. I managed to get a lot of work done, and then I ate some lunch, and I went in the backyard, and I played with Cal. It was a good day. <laughs> that sounds like an awesome day. Now I'm talking The weather to you. is really sunny here. Is it sunny where you are? It's actually gorgeous where I am, and it's been really rainy, so that's a very welcome change of pace for the old mental health. Yeah, it's the same here. We're going to get rain tomorrow, so I did my best to make most of today so far. Yeah, you got to. You got to you gotta jump on these opportunities when they come along. Yeah, that's for, that's for sure. Now, how are you? Mm, today, I'm feeling pretty great. Um, I went outside. Did a bunch of flips, took the dog for a walk. Pretty pretty good day. Um wanna make sure I heard you right. It sounded like you said you did flips. Yes, I did flips. <laughs> Why are you doing flips? I don't know, flips are fun. So uh, about when I was in middle school I started doing parkour. Do you know what parkour is? Yeah, parkour is when you like run up walls and jump off banisters and stuff, right? And a lot of stuntmen do it. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably see a lot of the uh, clickbaity YouTube videos of people jumping off buildings and stuff, but it's a lot more low-key than that. But yeah, I was outside and I was practicing my flips today. 
So you started you started doing parkour in middle school? Yeah, a couple of friends, they found a gym uh, near where I live, and we started taking lessons, and ever since then, I've been doing it. Funny thing is, now I teach at that gym, so I went from being a student there to being a teacher there. Can I ask how old you are now? Uh, I just turned 21 on Thursday. So you've been doing this, what, it sounds like about 10, 11 years? It's been like, yeah, it's crazy to think about. Man, so you're just walking down the street. And when you say flip, you're not talking like somersault on the ground. You're talking like you're no, just walking. No, I'm talking and, like. And then you're up in the I'm air. I'm talking like, yeah. And then you're back on the ground and you just keep walking. Yeah, I mean, I'm not doing it like in the streets and stuff. There's a field that I went to that was by my house that I went to that was open and clear. And it was sunny, so I went there and did a bunch of flips. When you say a bunch, how many are you talking? I don't know. I wasn't keeping count. I was out there for probably like an hour and a half. Now, some people who listen to the podcast, they just know my voice. That's fine. I'm into it. Do you happen to know uh, what I look like? <laughs> yes. I do know what you look like. So based on your just basic assessment from having seen me and having heard me uh-huh. say things I say, what what percentage chance would you say I could complete a flip in the way you were doing flips in a field today? Ooh, that's hard. Uh, what are we talking? Like, can we do it in a day? Like, are, are you being taught or are you just doing it by yourself? Great question. So I feel like the implication there is that if I just went out and tried it today, zero percentage <laughs> chance, which I would, I would agree <laughs> Probably, with. yeah. Thank you for being kind. You, you danced around that. So that, then that begs the real question then, right? If I was to take classes with you or better yet private lessons with you one-on-one how how long do you think we'd have to put in before i could do a flip akin to the flips you did today um if we're just talking like a backflip right it could take like if you're really committed to it it could probably take like a few days maybe a few days me a few days yeah standing still on the ground and then I could f- <laughs> jump up in the air, do a backflip and land successfully on my feet. Yeah. I've helped teach a 58 year old woman how to do backflips. If you could really teach me how to do that within a couple of days, you'd have to be like a Yoda level teacher. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I'm that skilled, but I think we could pull it off. If I trained with you for a month every day, uh, what, what do you think the most badass thing you could have me doing at the end of the month would be? <laughs> oh, well, there are so many things. Like, especially when teaching, like I usually teach kids, but teaching adults is so much different because I can explain things a lot easier. So it would probably take less time for you to learn than it would like a 10-year-old kid to learn. Because even though they're like fearless and they don't like... Uh, they're fearless and they don't really care so much about getting hurt, but they don't necessarily listen as well. So, I don't know. I, I think we could have you doing some pretty cool stuff. Interesting. Interesting. Because we had to delay, we had to delay the beautiful Cononymous for a year, but I'm sitting here thinking, what if I do some parkour training and, and next year at the at the rescheduled con... <laughs> One of the things I do is a parkour demonstration. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be great. No one sees coming. Do you, I'm not going to ask you to reveal too much. Do you, do you live on the East Coast? I do, yeah. Ooh. Ooh, maybe, uh, maybe someday. Maybe someday we'll make it happen if I come through your city. That, would be, that would be awesome. Yeah. That would be sweet. You, you said you were 21, right? Yeah. You, a, a 21-year-old parkour prodigy, teaching me, a young father who's about to turn 40, who has a, a joint disease that severely affects his knees. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're willing to put in the work for it, I don't see why not. Wow. Now, when, I, when you train someone like me, is, so when you teach at a gym, is, are there like pits full of foam cubes and stuff so you can try stuff and... and and not uh, seriously injure yourself the first times? 
Yeah, so I teach in a gymnastics gym, which isn't really the most ideal place for it, simply because there's a lot going on um, in there. But yeah, we have mats, we have a spring floor, we have a foam pit, we got trampolines. So things are pretty padded and pretty safe. Damn. Now, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you two things. Actually, one, I don't know if I can because there's a non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> I'll figure out how to phrase it. One, when I was a kid, I used to be able to do backflips off a diving board, but they weren't like uh, full flips. They were more like, do you know the wrestling move, the moonsault? I have no idea what you're talking about. Nope. It's like they climb to the top rope and they do a backflip, but they generally aren't landing on their feet. They're landing on their stomach so they can come across their opponent who is uh, prone on the ground. So I would basically gotcha, able to yeah. just flip over my, like do a backflip and land pretty much in a belly flop. And then... Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah no, you answer. Go for it. I want to hear your opinions on this. So, yeah, that's kind of like um, on trampolines, there's a move that's called a Cody. And basically it's a backflip from your belly. So basically, you can do a backflip, land on your belly, and that's basically the setup for it. So I totally understand what you mean. Wow. You speak with a, a cool-headed confidence about parkour in a way that actually makes me believe you could teach me to become passable, passable at parkour. Yeah. I mean, anybody can. I mean, I've taught like six-year-olds, like I said, I've taught a 38-year-old woman, and it just comes down to you pushing yourself, really. I mean, you can, there are people in parkour that don't do flips at all. And there are people in parkour that only do flips. It's really based on what you want to learn. And as long as you're committed to putting the work in, then you can most likely get there. I love that. I love that it's basic, it's inspirational. And like many things, it comes down to the hard work. Now, when you do parkour, are you, at this point, now that you're an instructor, are you mostly focused on teaching? Are you doing parkour on the streets, like some of these videos we see? Are there parkour competitions that I don't know about? Oh, so that's a lot of questions at once. Okay. Sorry, so, I'm, I'm excited. I think you could tell I'm very excited about No, it's about totally this. okay. It's okay. I want to answer all of them. So uh, I'm, trying, I'm still trying to kind of find that balance between teaching and being an athlete. I mean... I use the gym like in the off hours sometimes when nobody's really around so I can go in early and do my own thing. Um, I've been trying to get outside more recently because the weather's getting nice. And in the past few years, I haven't really done a whole lot outside mainly because like where I live, there's not many people who do parkour and sometimes training alone can be dangerous and it can even like look suspicious. You know, if I'm just out walking down the streets and someone sees me jumping on things like who's that guy, you know? Yeah, but, yeah, I do. Big yeah. I forgot, what was the second question you asked? Are there parkour competitions? Oh, yes, there are definitely parkour competitions. People take it seriously. Uh, yeah, they're, like, parkour is not a super competitive sport. Um, there are competitions at, like, a worldwide level. But it's like all the athletes are friends with each other anyway. So you can have an athlete in Australia that's friends with someone here in America and it's like they'll travel across the world and just meet up and do flips and jumps together. Right. So it's not like a competitive atmosphere where everyone's trying to be better than everyone else. It's more of like a collaborative thing. That's cool. So it, it's, it, it sounds like it has like, um, like some stuff in common with like the skateboarding community in that way maybe like the rock climbing community in that way. It seems kind of like the middle ground between those two things in a, in a strange sense. Yeah, it's definitely like the community is more on par with like the skateboarding community because that's something that I've been somewhat involved in. I'm not so sure about rock climbing, um, but I think the whole idea of like being on the streets and stuff, the community is really similar to like what that was like and like even how it's progressed is really similar to what, skateboarding was back in the beginning and back when it was really getting popular. Now do is it when the parkour people show up, do you get respect from the skateboarders? Cause skateboarders are very territorial and I think some, <laughs> I think they used to roll their eyes at the rollerbladers. So I'm wondering, do you guys have to kind of earn your props from the skateboarders? Um, I don't know. I mean like as far as extreme sports goes nowadays, I don't, 
think there's really a whole lot of competition. I mean, I wouldn't really know. I'm not heavily into like any other extreme sports communities right now, but if we're like in the same space, we'll respect that. Hey, there's a skateboarder that's trying to do their thing and we'll do our thing. Um, I mean, I wouldn't see that there'd be a conflict, but I can see where you're coming from though. I mean, I'm just inventing feuds in my head is what I'm doing. I'm just making up yeah. arbitrary turf wars that it sounds like don't exist. And thank you for handling my idiotic question gracefully. No, I mean, if we're talking like uh, parkour and gymnastics, that's quite a bit different. Really? Yeah. It's, it's weird because like, was it last year or the year before? the Federation for International Gymnastics wanted to like take parkour as one of their disciplines. And there was a big conflict between the people in parkour being like, uh, you can't like take over our sport and like be the governing body when you have no idea what you're doing kind of thing. But the past couple of years it's kind of died down and they're still trying to figure things out. So there's a little bit of tension there. Wow the brewing parkour versus gymnastics war that's bubbling right under <laughs> yeah, the surface. It's, kind of, it's like the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because I work in a gymnastics gym teaching parkour, so it's like, where do I fall, you know? Is everybody throwing side eyes at you all the time? Or are all the gymnastics people just chalking up their hands and squinting their eyes at you? Nah, they, they have no idea what's going on because parkour is so small that, like, it's not something that they even really know about like i don't think anybody in like i don't think anybody that i work with could name a single parkour athlete that's like famous who are the famous parkour athletes uh one of my favorites is jason paul he is from germany i met him five years ago and he's one of the most like sincere people ever um we have sydney olsen she's pretty cool jesse laflair also pretty cool yeah, there's, I could I could list so many, but and where where what makes them what makes them so uh, so good in your mind? Well, as far as Jason goes, he is like not one of the grandfathers, I, I would say, but like one of the people who's influenced the sport a whole lot, and he's just really skilled, and he has a really like specific style about him. Like you know how. I know you're really into music. Um, how like one band will have a really different style than another band, even if they're in the same genre. Yes. Yes. I know of what you speak. So like, that's really similar with like parkour athletes. Like, um, basically if you showed me a silhouette of two different athletes, I'd be able to tell you who they are simply because of the way they move and how different it is, even though they're both doing relatively the same thing. And how does it work? Are you studying them on video or going to see them in person? Do you like find out about people on message boards? Is there like a, there's a whole parkour community out there. Yeah. It's, uh, well, mainly it's on Instagram right now. And like back in the like 2010, 2011, it was really big on YouTube and it's kind of died down from YouTube because making like a 10 minute long parkour video is a lot harder than posting like a 20 second clip. So right. it's kind of moved its way to Instagram from there. And, and I just follow the athletes and keep up with them and stuff. And how do you, uh, how are people making a living off of it? Are there people, is it sponsorships, teaching? What else? I know a lot of stunt work, right? There's a lot of parkour people who get into stunt work. Yeah, like there's a lot of different, there's a few different avenues you can go down. One is sponsorships. Um, some companies sponsor athletes. Uh, competitions is another one. I mean, there aren't many competitions, but some people have made some of their money through competitions. Um, there is stunt work, of course. Uh, another one is like videography. No, not, not the word I was looking for. Cinematography is the one I'm looking for. Like some of the people have shifted less away from parkour and more about making the videos for parkour. So they'll do like commercial stuff and movie stuff. Ah, they come in as the expert in this style. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, the movie Six Underground. It was on Netflix recently. Um, near like the beginning of the year. And a big parkour group 
was able to like be the stuntman in it and they did a fantastic job and it was like one of the best uh parkour like sequences that i've seen in movies because a lot of the people that are in hollywood don't know how to film parkour correctly and they always do like uh it's it's hard to explain it in words you just, you have to see it but they just don't film in a way that's really true to like the movement i guess to sound pretentious about it this is awesome and it's not pretentious cuz anytime i get to talk to somebody who's really passionate about a thing i know nothing about i think that's a pretty good hour of my life sincerely this is really working for me I meant it when I said it. I bet there's a lot of people nodding their heads going, yes, you're passionate. You're explaining the passion to me. That's what life is for. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Break's over. I hope that during the actual break, people were out there trying to do standing backflips. Anytime... I get to talk to somebody who's really passionate about a thing I know nothing about. I think that's a pretty good hour of my life. Sincerely, this is really working for me. Oh, nice. I'm glad. I know it's something that not a lot of people have heard about, so I figured it'd be interesting. And do you, is it, is teaching parkour, is that your gig? Oh, yeah, that's my, that's like my passion right now, for sure. But I mean, like, like, is that, do you have a, another job beyond that or are you paying all the bills just via teaching i i still live with my parents i'm still in school so right now i'm doing school and i'm teaching um so that's kind of what i'm doing right now as far as the future goes i have no idea what's going to happen but i hope to teach for as long as i can and maybe if i'm lucky someone i know will open up a parkour gym and i'll be able to check this is cool. Now, okay, I'm going to start asking some ridiculous questions, but I just... Uh, okay, that's uh, fine. Okay, so you just mentioned you're still in school. I know when I was in school, I started doing comedy on campus, and all of a sudden, I was this like very shy, depressed kid, but then all of a sudden, people start going, hey, you're good at this, this and that. So then I started, you know, I would go to parties and stuff and I'm trying to be real funny to impress people, especially people who I had some romantic inclinations towards. When you go to a college party, if you see somebody there, you're like, yeah, I, I kind of dig that person. Are you like, <laughs> hey, everybody, check this out. And then you like jump up on the dresser and do like a 420 degree corkscrew landing on one hand with your legs splayed just to show them your physical capabilities? I mean, I commute to college and I'm very much an introvert, so I don't go to college parties. But if we were ever like around a campfire or something, that sounds kind of like something I might do. Wow. So you're... I mean, I wouldn't do it in the like... Hmm? No, you wouldn't do it in what? I wouldn't do it in the like, hey, look at me kind of way. It's like... I would do it because like I'm not necessarily I'm bored, but like I need to move my body. Like I have too much energy sometimes. And if I have too much energy, like doing flips and jumps and stuff will definitely help me get up that energy. This is awesome. So you walk around your college campus, you're a commuter. Commuters always, uh, I would say outside of commuter schools, but if, if you're not going to a full on commuter school, People are, are, it's a, it's like a class thing, right? Oh, they're the commuters. You don't get to know as many people. You're walking around. People don't even realize there's a goddamn superhero in the midst. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun. Like, uh, sometimes there's this like statue that's outside our library and sometimes I'll go and do jumps and stuff out there. And like, since I'm quiet, no one really like knows who I am. So there's that mystique of like, who's that kid doing all those cool flips? It's kind of cool sometimes. That's cool. You're just the guy doing flips on campus every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Just because the spirit moves you in the moment and you got to get some energy out. Yeah. I like that. It's all, yeah. It's hard to describe why I do it, but yeah. Now, weird, okay, here's a weird thing. Because 
My college passion was when I started doing comedy, specifically improv. And I haven't done improv in a bunch of years, but I think a lot of people, in, in a lot of the comedy nerds in this world kind of know me as an improviser. And they will, because I was, I was so dedicated to it. But I remember once doing a show, and this is going to sound cocky, but I'm talking about, you know, doing it constantly, multiple times a week, teaching it, just like you. This was my parkour, was, was improv back in the day. And I remember I did a yeah. show where I realized that's the best show I've ever done. And I don't think I can do a better show. I don't think I can do better than that. I don't think I'll get there again. I, I exceeded the peak of what I thought I would be able to pull off. And that was part of why I stopped doing it. That's part of why I moved on to stand-up. Have you ever pulled off a move that you've never been able to pull off again? Are there things you've been attempting that are like your great white whale of parkour? Uh, well, that's hard, to, that's hard to say. Because like, there are definitely times where I've done things that are cool by accident. So those are probably the things that I can't do again. Um, but as far as like the cool tricks and stuff, I'm not at the point where I'm like losing them, so to speak. Like I know as I get older, there'll probably be stuff that I do now that I couldn't, that I won't be able to do then. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like there are times where I'm like, if I don't practice something for a long time, it'll take me a while to get back into the groove of it. But I mean, that's as far as that goes, I guess. It's really just a matter of like constantly pushing yourself to go further and further. And like, that sounds bad, but, and it's scary, but uh, that's, that's where I find a lot of the passion and the feeling of accomplishment comes from. Here's the closest I've ever come to doing parkour. And it was a couple months ago. <laughs> so, all right. Do you know, are you familiar with what a baby Bjorn is? No. You've seen these things. It's when people walk down the street and they have like a, it's like a backpack on the front with a baby sticking out of it. You know what I mean? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. The baby Bjorn. So I had the baby Bjorn on and I got little <laughs> Cal. I got cool Cal hanging off my, hanging off my chest and my belly. And the problem with the baby Bjorn is that his head is kind of in the line of your sight. So you don't have your full peripheral vision. And I was going, down yeah. the, I was going down the staircase in my building and I kind of overstepped the step and my heel hit the back of the step. And I, I go down. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I'm falling down. That's the a steps. scary moment. I got cool Cal hanging off me. I'm falling down the steps. My wife is with me and I, luckily I do some jujitsu and they teach you how to fall. That's the first thing they teach you is like, we're just going to throw you around a lot so that you know how to yep. land and not break bones because you can land. I can say. Right? So I managed to basically twist midair, do a break fall, as we call it in jujitsu, and kind of slide down uh. the hallway. And the kid was laughing. He thought it was so fun. Cal was just <laughs> cackling with joy. Hallie was terrified. I was terrified. A guy who lives in the building saw it, ran over and was like, oh my God, oh my God. He like thought he saw a tragedy. Hallie later told me, she goes, I've never seen you do something klutzier, but then instantly I've also never seen you do something more graceful. That was the probably yeah. the closest I've ever come to parkour in my life. Yeah. Falling, yeah, falling down a staircase. Yeah, definitely a lot of those moments. Dude, mm -hmm. Is that one of the early lessons though? Like don't, if you're falling and you're out of control, you don't post with your hand because you'll break, you'll, you'll blow out your elbows, stuff like that, right? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of stuff that I try to hammer into the kids as soon as possible. Um, yeah. I don't, it's, it's really hard to teach kids how to fall because like there, there are times in class where we'll be practicing falling and I'll like push them over because it's really hard to get that unpredictability. And that's where it's really important to know what you're doing is to know, like, is not knowing when you're going to fall. Yeah. So yeah. it's definitely something that I keep in mind that I try to teach them as much as I can, really. I think it, a lot of it comes with experience. What's the goal? You said you want parkour to be your focus. You said it's your passion. Is the goal the goal is turn this into something? Teach at a real a full on non gymnastic shared parkour gym. I would imagine maybe down the line start your own parkour gym. Are you hoping that this is your 
this is your career path? Because it seems like one, I would have to imagine that your parents are going, parkour's cool, but you need a backup plan. I mean, probably. They haven't said that yet, but that's probably what they're uh, thinking. Well, I mean, like, since I am in school, like, that's kind of my backup plan. So, like, once I get out of school, I'll have a degree under my belt and I'll be able to apply that somewhere. Because I think even if I do get some other job, I'm still going to want to be teaching. I'm still going to be training and doing flips. So, I don't know. The future is really uncertain right now as far as that goes. But I want to be teaching and I want to be jumping as long as I can. If I make and build my own parkour gym, then that would be the optimal outcome. But whatever comes, comes, I guess. What's your degree going to be in? Uh, I'm studying psychology. Psychology. I can see that having some major applications to doing flips in the sky. Oh, yeah, for sure. And definitely working with kids. That's, yeah, definitely helped a boatload. Overcoming fears. Convincing people to look past their self-set limitations. Understanding how the way people's minds work outside of the gym might be affecting the way they can perform in the gym. Sports psychology in general. Major applications. Did you pick that major knowing in your guts that it might help you do the thing you really love the most? I mean, not, not entirely. Like in high school, I was like, I took a, like a very basic intro to psychology kind of class and I was really good at it and I really liked it. And like, I didn't declare my major until like my sophomore year of college. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I probably knew that I was going to be able to apply it, but I just didn't know how much I'd be able to. Yeah, I, I, I dug too hard on that one. It's fair to say. <laughs> well, I mean, all the things that you say, like, they're true. So it's not like you're reaching. Well, I, helped, I also, I, I've always been impressed by this with sports in general, specifically <laughs> individual sports. Because there is a phenomenon, right, where a record will be set. Like, let's say in track, the world record will mm-hmm. be set. People will say well, it's impossible to run that distance in X amount of time. And then one person eventually does it, and then all of a sudden, other people find out that they can do it as well. Where there's clearly something psychological to barriers and limitations are set, but when one person pokes a hole in that, all of a sudden, they don't apply to people who assumed they could not have done that before that person did it. Something very, very distinct. I bet there's stuff like that in parkour. I bet there's stuff, are there moments, are there watershed moments where you go, because Tony Hawk in the skating world, he has a bunch of them, right? Where it's like, nobody ever Mm -hmm. thought that was possible. He went and did it. And now there's other people who do it. That's psychological, if you ask me. Yeah. And then what's crazy is that like, that then sets the standard, right? Mm Because like after Tony Hawk did the first 900, that was like what everybody was striving for, you know? So it's like, it kind of, it definitely changes the community. And I think it helps everybody to push a little bit harder and go a little bit further. It's cool. I need something like this in my life. I need something like this in my life. I, I mean, jujitsu is <laughs> the closest I have, but at least parkour, you're not getting, um, you're like getting thrashed because of choices you make that lead to disastrous falls, not other people yeah. attacking you because you invite them to. Yeah. What's really uh, kind of funny about this whole thing is like, I'm a tiny human, right? Really? I'm probably like five. Yeah. I'm like five, four and I weigh like 125 pounds soaking wet. In my but mind, like, I saw you as like a strapping Uber athlete with rock hard yeah, abs right? and prominent pecs. <laughs> like I'm definitely fit for sure, but I'm not some like gargantuan guy who can do like 15 foot standing jumps. You know, so like what, like, however you push yourself, it's always like to your own scale. Right. So like something that might be difficult for you might not be difficult for somebody else. Like you versus something that's really hard for me could be something really easy for other people. And that's kind of where like the individual part comes in where it's great because like 
you, I could train with one of my friends and he'll be really good at something. And I'll be like, Oh, how do you do that? And then he can teach me and then I can teach him. It's that back and forth that like really helps to motivate us and inspire us. I love it. I love it. My wife, uh, my wife has a background as an aerialist type of dance on harnesses is really uh, badass and she has a lot of respect in that world and actually has a number of friends who work for Cirque du Soleil and I tell you mm -hmm. I went and saw one of their shows in Orlando and it blew my mind and there was some stuff in there that these guys had to have been parkour guys where they did a whole act where they had a fake building with open windows these guys are running up the walls doing flips. They're landing on trampolines and like bouncing up yeah. four stories right through the windows or like running, using the trampolines to run up a four story wall and then do like a swan dive back onto the trampoline. That was, yep. it was, it was jaw dropping. I never forgot it. Oh yeah. But it's, it's definitely awesome to watch. I will say, but just a clarification that I want to make. So, there are definitely people in the community community that are like parkour doesn't do flips only free running only free runners do flips what is free so, runners what so free running so okay there's another thing <laughs> kind of so free running is like probably the parkour that you're thinking of where the people are running and jumping and doing flips between buildings and stuff and like off of cars so like, and landing on a banister and then yeah we're like parkour is just like no flips it's just speed it's just efficiency and like in my mind the two things are the same but like when you say like uh the guys in Cirque du Soleil are doing parkour there are definitely some people that are like uh that's actually not parkour and hold on hold on I don't know hold the I, goddamn phone <laughs> because in my mind I've been envisioning that and I bet oh I think correct me if I'm wrong I think a lot of people probably when you tell them you do parkour they think that yeah, and like that's true. Like I call them the same thing. So and wait, I don't know why the, people what the like, fuck is parkour then? Game changer. Revelation. Parkour is not what we thought it was. Am I the only one who thought parkour was this other thing? What is this other thing? We'll find out that and more when we get back. Parkour is not parkour. What is it then? find out so and wait, I don't know why the, people what the like, fuck is parkour then <laughs> so parkour is what you've been envisioning the whole time right Flip, um, but I'm seeing but, the flips and stuff you're saying that's something called free running yeah. that I've never heard of in my life okay so it's really hard to explain this description um, so parkour is basically like just like just obstacle courses, not obstacle courses, but like obstacles, getting over like a bunch of rocks and stuff as fast as you can. Whereas like free runners do the flips and they do make it creative. So like free running is like the creative side, or parkour is like the speed efficiency side. If that makes more sense. So, so parkour would be more akin to like an Olympic event. Free running would be more of a creative expression. Exactly. Yeah. I just call them both parkour because I think the distinction is basically pointless since most athletes don't distinguish themselves one way or another. But <laughs> so I don't know that if anybody is listening who is a parkour purist, <laughs> they're going to get mad at you. <laughs> there's purists. There's elitists. There's, there's parkour elitists. Oh, yeah. There. Oh, yeah. That's that for, yeah. Rules. That's so funny. And and these I people mean, these people are mad at because you said it before. I noticed you said you said you probably seen on like Facebook those clickbaity videos, and you said it yeah. with a little scorn in there. And I noticed that, <laughs> and that's what this yep. is. These show offs, these show offs who are probably doing stuff that's not even that eh. hard, editing it, putting a flashy soundtrack on it, and now everybody thinks that they're the the kings of parkour. Meanwhile. The people really in the trenches know these guys aren't getting up rocks so fast. They could get up rocks faster yeah. than those guys, right? I mean, kind of. It's like, imagine like you want Cal to play baseball, right? Mm -hmm. And you're thinking like major leagues, and then you get really disappointed when he goes to play t-ball. 
like that's the kind of distinction that I make with the clickbaity stuff. Cause like when you say parkour, people automatically think the highest level insane stuff when a lot of the time that's not realistic. Right. Right. Man, who knew, who knew there was such a layered tumultuous world of politics behind <laughs> people who like do backflips off the base of a statue in yeah. a public park. Yeah. I mean like, Honestly, everyone in the parkour community is really cool. I have not met anybody who's like really like set in their ways about this is parkour and this is free running. But I've just seen some people online. Like in reality, most people are probably okay with training with whoever. Yeah, but you got to hedge your bets. You got to make sure that it's least on record that you know that this debate is out there. I like what I like how you handled yeah. that. Attention, any parkour elitists listening to Beautiful Anonymous, our caller is aware of the difference and isn't out here looking for you to call them a poser on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this for like 10, 11 years now, so I think I should probably know the difference. Now, if if I took a private lesson, do you teach private lessons? Yeah, I do private lessons sometimes. Now, if I took, you know, let's talk business here. It's anonymous. If I if I take a private lesson with you, how much is this going to run me? Uh, see, like, that's the thing. It really depends on what the student's looking for. I like, want to do a standing backflip. From... I want to do a standing backflip, land on my feet. You said you could teach me that in a few days. Let's say I paid for a week where we met for a private <laughs> lesson every day, focusing just on a standing <laughs> backflip. How much, how much is that week going to cost me to learn how to do this? Because I'm getting interested, seriously. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, like, uh, see, like, the thing is, are you really going to be at it for more than, like, an hour and a half at a time? I would imagine no. I would like, imagine that's about as much time as I can give you each day. Yeah, so since I, like, am not, like, the most amazing teacher, parkour teacher out there, even though you think I'm obviously pretty good, but I'd say, like, $40, $45 for the uh, hour and a half. So it's... For the week, it's going to cost me about two hundred to two hundred fifty bucks, and you you're confident that if we met on a Monday, and then met every day for an hour and a half, I, Chris Gethard, a guy who falls down steps, can do a standing backflip and land gracefully. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously variables. Not everybody learns the same way and at the same pace, but I think if you really put your head down and you committed to it, yeah. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Uh, we're going to, I know Jared's listening in. Anita's listening in. <laughs> if it's okay with you, we're just going to privately, we're going to get some contact info somehow, and you're going to teach me how to do some backflips. <laughs> and it's going to be, yeah. And then someday, you know, when I, when I go and do live shows, I'll incorporate them into my comedy. I'll incorporate them. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be really good. It'll be really good. It'll add a whole new layer to my stand-up routine when I can just do some backflips. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. I've yet to see a backflipping comedian. I must say. That could be my thing. I could finally have a thing. Like That could be it. Jeff Foxworthy has You Might Be a Redneck. Larry the Cable Guy has Get Her Done. I could be the backflip guy. <laughs> like when I hit a hard punchline, I hit a hard punchline, drop the mic and do three backflips in a row. That would be an incredible signature move as a comedian. I must say. Maybe I'll take up comedy and I'll do it. I love it. Just I kidding. love it. We'll meet I'm in the not middle. that funny. Well, we'll meet for a week. You teach me backflips. I'll teach you the secret ways of comedy. We'll be each other's Yodas. And we'll both walk out of this with new skills. That would be fantastic. And then I'll charge you $45 an hour and it'll just cancel out. Perfect. I mean, we'd we probably still have to pay the gym, though, to use the facility. But Ah, uh, right, 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 right. <laughs> There's that. Right, yeah. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do that. I like it. I, I, was this what you were planning on talking about? Because you just said flips and you walked your dog, and then I jumped on this, and now it's been 41 <laughs> minutes. I hope that I didn't totally eat up all your time. No, it's totally fine. Like, whenever I thought about, like, calling in, like, what I would talk about, like, 
parkour is the most like unique thing about me. So why not talk about that? I love it. Are those... I mean, it's on my it's on my mind all the time anyway. So now you uh, you mentioned that you started with a couple friends back in the day. Are they still doing? Yeah. It? No. Are you still friends <laughs> they with them? They dropped out. Like no. They dropped like a couple because we all play baseball together and. Um, pretty soon we were like, now we want to do this instead of baseball. And they all did other sports and stuff. And, uh, two of my friends dropped out a couple of years later. So it was just me and one of my other friends and he stayed in a little bit longer, but then he eventually dropped. I took a break for a while and then I came back and then, but yeah, no, we're no longer friends. We don't talk to each other very much. And you've just yeah. been wander in this lonely parkour road on your own doing your soul search well, I mean, I on made your own friends individual then. journey oh i wanted to think of it in my mind as if you were like a a wandering <laughs> Some lone ranger. yeah exactly exactly yeah. but yeah no i, I guess mean, you I just make new friends, friends. yeah i guess you just make new friends yeah. at the gym yeah it's probably more simple than that <laughs> yeah i mean i only really have one friend right now who's into it because i don't really teach many teenagers at the moment uh, mm-hmm. I'm mostly teaching like 10 year olds and like, you know, but how did you come to link up with a 58 year old woman? So she started taking classes at the gym. I mean, that's kind of really what it boils down to. Uh, that was back when I was still like a co-teacher with my, like, I consider him the, um, the main guy that like taught me everything I know. Um, she started coming to the gym back when I was teaching with him and that's kind of all there is to it. Now you've mentioned that you mostly teach 10 year olds. Was she just in the classes with the 10 year olds? (laughs) Yeah. So our classes are split up a little bit now. So we have different age groups. Um, but back then it was like age nine and up because we didn't, (laughs) obviously we didn't really have many, uh, teenagers back then either, but we had like an advanced class. So that's normally the kids who have like a lot better skills and are usually older. So she was in that class, but she wasn't with like 10, 10, 11 year olds that are just like bouncing off the walls, falling off, falling on their face. She was with like the 12, 13, 14 year olds who are a little bit more tame, but you know, still running laps around her sometimes. First of all, I'm, I'm going to say my first instinct and then my second instinctive reaction. So first, that's hilarious. The idea of someone coming in <laughs> and being a full-on adult and taking classes with 13-year-olds while you learn how to do flips, that's amazing. That's so funny and amazing. Oh, that's great. Now, I just want to say, though, when you get past that side of it, where all of us want to snicker, where your initial instinct is like, oh, that's funny, and that's where I was heading. But no, when I take a step back and think about it, that's so badass. That's so badass. Right? To be, to be you know, in the second half of your life at that point, when you're, when you're coming up on 60, and all of a yeah. sudden you're like, fuck it, I'm going to go learn something intense and physical right yeah. before retirement age. You can turn mm-hmm. off the part of you that's self-conscious about that and that's worried that people are going to judge that. That's really fucking cool, man. Oh yeah, she she's such a cool lady. Like I saw her a few months ago too, and she's still like going at it, challenging herself and being active. And it's like that's what I love about parkour is that anybody can do it. So I can point to her and be like, "What's your excuse?" Yeah, yeah. This is why this is why I have to stop doubting myself. Yeah, I gotta get down. Most up. I gotta think about this seriously. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of workouts and stuff that you can get doing at home. For anybody out there who's listening who wants to get in on this parkour action, there's plenty of things that you can do at home to get you ready for when the world gets back to normal. Really? So there's there's lessons that you think are actually good that are like – because I know with jiu-jitsu, actually, because I, I can't go to the gym, obviously. I can't imagine a worse quarantine activity than wrestling people who will sweat onto you. I can't imagine anything less safe. <laughs> But there are workouts that are like, here's like workouts that are incorporating the muscle groups you engage with jujitsu or the movements you do with jujitsu. There's stuff out there for parkour that you would say is actually useful? Yeah, I mean, just about any workout that gets your body moving is useful. Because, I mean, parkour is all about 
knowing your body and knowing your limits and progressing your skills, right? So, like, if you do, like, 10 push-ups a day for, like, however long, you're going to be stronger and that's going to help. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be anything ridiculous. Like, if you learn a cartwheel in your backyard, that's awesome. That's good for body awareness. Now, like, I'm, it doesn't have to be, like, backflips right away. I'm going to tell you something. I'm turning, yeah. I'm turning 40 next month. I've never done a cartwheel in my life. When I was a kid, well, I Well, I mean, that was the perfect time to start. You're telling me after a lifetime of failing at cartwheels, feeling embarrassed, anytime I tried, whether I was asked in gym class or whether kids were doing them in the schoolyard and I was trying to keep up, and I just smashed down onto my neck and my back, <laughs> sit there in shame. You're saying you think I could do it now? Yeah, probably. I mean, because now you have the ability to think about it more logically, and you understand a little bit more about how your body works and how the world works. Because, like, a 10-year-old's not afraid to throw themselves at something, but it doesn't mean it's going to work. Maybe that was the problem, was that even as a 10-year-old, I was scared to throw myself at things. I was just sitting there as an anxiety-ridden little guy going, yeah, this seems this seems foolish, and I'm going to let my peers plow full steam ahead. I'll be reading comic books if anybody needs me. <laughs> well, hey, now you know how to do it a little more carefully. We might need to make this happen. I don't see why not. Sounds like a blast. Okay. Okay. I like it. We got about 12 minutes left. Are there any things you want to make sure you get on record, whether they are related to parkour or not? Uh, I mean, don't trust the clickbaity Facebook links. <laughs> That's not what parkour really is. Find some, I don't even know where to start because like, if you look up parkour montage on YouTube, you'll probably find insane things. So it just takes a little bit of digging to find something that really suits you and your style. There's definitely an, a- an athlete out there that can inspire you no matter how old you are, no matter what your body type is. There are people out there that are pushing themselves and they're a good way to get inspiration, I think. You ever think about entering that show Ninja Warrior? <laughs> I get that question so many times from kids and parents. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> probably not. But I'll tell you, from what you described, that it's more about like the speed, the mission, getting through it. Seems like parkour mm-hmm. people and not these free runners. Not these free yeah. runners. <laughs> but actual disciplined parkour heads feel like they would be primed and ready to be the most successful ninja warrior candidates. Yeah. I mean, there's been plenty of parkour and freerunning athletes that have tried out and they've gotten pretty far. It's just like ninja warrior is so obviously like a set up obstacle course. Like when we're training in like gyms and outside, we're training on flat walls and benches and stuff. We're not (laughs) training in like, some rolling cylinder that's going down a hill. You know what I'm saying? So like the obstacles aren't really like something that you'd encounter regularly. So there's a big difference between like parkour and Ninja Warrior because Ninja Warrior is very obviously like a manufactured (laughs) obstacle course versus like someone who's doing parkour outside. Now being that you said people ask you this all the time, I have to imagine it must be, so annoying for you to talk about Ninja Warrior. It must be so annoying for you to be like, no, I'm not really interested in uh, mounting an oil drum on uh, in- inclined poles and clinging to it as it rolls down and tries to fling me downward. You must be so tired yeah. of that. You're like, no, I'm yeah. just seeing a shed in a backyard and seeing if I can leap onto the roof without touching the wall first. I'm just sitting here Exactly. I don't do want to break a window. Yeah. yeah, we have uh, a warped wall in the gym. What's a warped wall? Um, and that wall at the end of Ninja Warrior that's like curved. So you do have Ninja Warrior stuff. Yeah, we have a few things. So we you have just like a you just said wall. you don't train on the Ninja Warrior stuff, and then you immediately say you got the Ninja Warrior well, out, stuff. Okay, I'm talking about in the gym. Okay. Like the okay. gym is like not everybody has access to a gym, right? 
um, a lot of the parkour people train outside. Um, But we do have a warped wall in the gym. And I must say, it's hilarious when dads come in and they look at it and they're like, oh, that's so easy. And then they run face first into the wall. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because like, oh, it looks so easy. And then they have no idea what to do. And they get like two steps up the wall and then they get scared. And then they just have these brutal face plants or spills in front of their own families? I haven't seen face plants. I've definitely seen like jammed ankles and falling over on their butt. But yeah, it's it's pretty entertaining sometimes. Especially yeah, when bet. you have like that bodybuilder dad who's like, oh yeah, I'm so strong and then tries to do this and has no idea, no coordination. Meanwhile, be honest with me. How easy is the warped wall for you? For me? Yeah. It depends. Are you talking mentally or physically? I guess both. So mentally, it took me a long time um, because I tried it when it was like initially built and I fell and I had a lot of fear doing it. But I want to say November, I did it for the first time. And like physically, it's really easy for me. But like mentally, it's pretty taxing. But ours is only 12 feet. Um, I think the one on the show was like 16 That's what yeah. it all comes down to, right? Physically conquering the mental side. Physically conquering mental limitations. Would you say that that is? That's one of the things that, as you explain it, I'm thinking parkour really relates to physically conquering mental limitations. Yeah, that's that's like the best description I could probably say, and it's hard to like describe that to somebody who like isn't and who doesn't like who isn't active and in sports and doesn't push themselves because like you really need to understand what that feeling of accomplishment is like, like today, one of the flips I did, I did it for the first time ever on grass. And like, I almost cried because it was just so good. What is this like? Flip? I've been wanting it for a long time. Uh, it's called a corkscrew or a cork. Um, talk to me about this. It's not, <laughs> okay. You're going to hate me for saying this, but it's not necessarily like a parkour free running move. It comes from something totally different. Called but what? A lot of the parkour athletes do it. Um, tricking. It's like what? martial arts, flipping and stuff. So wait, there's parkour, there's free running, and there's another separate thing called tricking. Tricking isn't that has nothing to do with parkour really. Parkour athletes just like it because it has looks. But what? So, um, but free running isn't <laughs> tricking because you described free running, and I thought that was tricks. <laughs> And now there's a separate thing for tricks. So, I'm not, so tricking is like just doing flips with no obstacles. So they're not flipping off of anything. They're just on like a spring floor on grass. Whereas free running Whereas free is a little bit more obstacles. like a skateboard run where you're running, you're hitting this, yeah. you're moving forward. Got it. I'm glad yeah. I'm sorting all this out. So a cork. <laughs> so you did a cork. A cork. Popular in the yeah. tricking community. Yes. I'm thinking this means you go up and you're doing a full flip where you rotate over your head in a traditional flip while also twisting your body completely. Am I right? This is correct. Yes. 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 And it's very different from like a gymnastics full twist because a cork, instead of like doing like a round off or a back handspring, you just run, you're, you're running almost in a circle and you're taking off of one leg. So your other leg swings up and that's what kind of drives the rotation. So you got that momentum leg. That's the leg that you'd let it, Yeah. you got to let it carry you up and over. Yep. And you got to look it's in the direction I've been working going. on for a long time. Mm-hmm. So you've just been trying this cork over and over again. You're eating it. You're eating it. There's <laughs> bruises. There's bumps. There's fear. I mean, not necessarily. Like, I've been able to do it in the gym for a long time, mm. but it's not something I've ever done outside. What's and the difference? It took me there? a long. Uh, there's no. There's, it's basically a mental difference. Like, I'm not using the springs and the spring floor to do this move in the gym. It's just I'm on carpet and it's somewhere where I'm comfortable. So at that point, it's just a mental battle. It took me a long time to be able to get there, and like, I just had to push myself in order to do it on grass and today was just the day and I did it. And are you like 
quietly celebrating? Is it an internal <laughs> celebration or are you screaming your head off like, yeah? <laughs> well, I'm a very quiet and introverted person, so I wasn't like yelling. I think if I was with some of my friends, I definitely would have like yelled and like ran and jumped and stuff. But I kind of like savored the moment and it was just like really satisfying. I feel like a lot of people listening to this are going to go sign up for parkour classes. Like there's a, probably a lot of people who are like, I have writer's block or I've been meaning to start my own podcast and I bought all the equipment and now it's been sitting under my bed or whatever it is who are sitting here going, I got this weird feeling that parkour is what's going to help me break through all those barriers. Yeah. Does it parkour do Parkour is like, oh uh, yeah. Parkour is like, I, I'd consider it therapeutic. Like when I need to go blow off some steam, I call it my movement therapy and it just helps clear your head and cause it's just you and whatever you're jumping on and you're just kind of with it and doing your own thing. And it really helps. It's good to be, stay active. It's fun. And it's a good stress relief. Do you ever watch professional wrestling like I do? Nope. There's this guy. He goes by the name Ricochet. You'd like this guy or you'd hate this guy. He either is someone you'd be like, this is awesome. Or you'd be like, this is the type of stuff that comes out of the tricks, clickbaity community that I just can't abide by. One or the other. I love the guy. He does very impressive stuff. Yeah. I mean, I can appreciate it from that standpoint, definitely. So like a lot of the stuff, like I've seen a few like wrestling clips here and there of people doing like more acrobatic things. And it's like, it definitely takes a lot of practice and a lot of work to get there. So yeah, I can appreciate and respect that for sure. That was a very measured answer. You don't like it. You roll your eyes at it, but you were being respectful of me and respectful of them as athletes. True or false? I roll my, I roll my eyes at it only if people like, not like, not stigmatize it, but like share it. I don't know. It's hard to say what I'm thinking right now. Um, like I appreciate it from a movement standpoint and like how hard it is, but people who don't necessarily understand the work and time that it takes to do that are just like, oh, look at this cool thing. And then they just, scroll on and they don't necessarily appreciate it as much, I guess. But. Right. Right. It's the culture that surrounds it. To you, parkour is like, uh, these individual moves are like fine wines to be savored, to sit in the moment. (laughs) Yeah. And appreciate what you've just witnessed or what you've just done. Yeah, that's for sure. Now we have one minute left. Do you have any closing thoughts you want to make sure the world hears you have no excuses not to try parkour it is one of the most accessible things all you need is a pair of shoes you don't even need shoes you can go outside barefoot and start cartwheeling rolling teach yourself some safety rolls some safety moves and just get to it get moving start moving uh i don't think you'll regret it i tell you where i'm staying right now i'm looking out the back window into the yard and there's like a bench It's probably about two feet high. I think I'm going to go out into that backyard and see if I can jump over it. Do it. Make sure you use your hands, use your feet, don't use your knees. I don't know what that means. What is that? We only have 10 seconds. How do you not use your knees? Don't land on your knees, Chris. It'll hurt. Don't land on them, I mean. Oh, yeah. No, I was, my hope was to land on my, (laughs) anyway. Okay. Time's up. You're the best. Bye, Chris. Have a good one. Caller. Thank you again. I really think I might try. I I don't know. I feel like I'm going to tell Hallie, hey, we just had a parkour call. I'm going to go out there and try to jump over a bench. See if I can do it. And she'll know. That's adorable. Also, you're weird. Anyway, thank you so much for uh, inspiring. Genuinely, I would say genuinely inspiring me to at least work harder at the things I do. If not, actually challenge myself physically. Anyway. Thanks again. Thank you to Jared O'Connell. Thank you to Anita Flores. Thank you to Shell Shag for the music. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. It helps when you do. And remember, if you want the entire beautiful anonymous back catalog, it's on Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash stories for more details.
Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, breakups are always hard. But what about when you're a trans male breaking up with a trans woman who used to be in a thruple with another trans individual? It gets even more complicated. I just recently broke up with my girlfriend um, of about two years, and we're living together still. And I am almost going to be homeless, kind of, maybe, because we were supposed to move into a condo that we were buying together. And also, there's like the added element that I'm, I'm a trans guy, and I'm struggling with this breakup because my version of masculinity kind of came into it uh, in a couple of ways. My ex-girlfriend, I should say, doesn't like how gentle of a man that I can be. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.